Okay, so one of the things that, that, for those of you who are new or this is your first time back with us, one of the things that we're doing right now in this series is I want to be able to give you guys tools, uh, and one of the tools is the podcast that we'll have where you can listen to this on recording, um, but the other thing is I want to recommend to you guys different books each week, books that can help you guys deal with some of these specific issues, and this one is called Finding God in My Loneliness, um, and it is about exactly that. Loneliness is something that, that can strike people in and out of relationships. It's not just a breakup that, that can lead to something like this. So this book, I think, can be super helpful. Um, but a book that's much more helpful is this one, uh, The Living Word of God, the Bible. Um, yeah, right? Like how I did that. Um, turn in your Bibles or swipe to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. So, so here's the thing, guys. Um, breakups can be... Uh, they can be very painful, and I want to respect that. Uh, we did a series on, uh, in, the college, uh, in the college service on dating, and the two most popular um, podcasts that we have released to date are the podcast, is the podcast on singleness and the podcast on breakups. And so I think this is a pretty key issue. And, and here's the thing. I, I do. I wish I had a secret Bible verse or a secret teaching that I could just plug to you real quick and it would just fix everything and it would cure all the chaos that, that breakups can bring. But there, there isn't one. Um, the first thing you need to understand about breakups is this. And if you're a type A, write this down or type it in. Um, breakups are like a virus. Um, there is no cure for a virus. You can alleviate the symptoms, you can help with some of the extra stuff, but you really just kind of have to let it run its course. But biblically speaking, breakups can bring a lot of clarity. Breakups reveal who you really are. Breakups reveal what your true spiritual nature really is. How you hand, So follow this. How you handle a breakup shows what's at the center of your heart. After a breakup, do you run immediately to the next guy or girl, the next idol in your life? After a breakup, do you, do you shut down? Um, do you think that your life is over? Or do you trust him in this difficult season and lean on his light and peace? Breakups can be what C.S. Lewis calls a severe mercy. Um, it's a gift where we lose something, but what we get from this thing leads to so much more than what we lost. Breakups can be a severe mercy. It can be a gift where we lose something, but it leads to so much more than we lost. Uh, namely, breakups can lead us closer to Jesus. So here's the deal for tonight. Four things, um, four things to take away when it comes to breakups. So hang in with me. Four things to take away when it comes to breakups. And again, here's, here's the thing that I want to keep stressing. Don't pull the single card. I don't need to worry about breakups, Ryan. Thanks for bringing that up, though. Um, don't worry about that. And, and here's why. Here's why I say that, because when you're single, it's like, well, this doesn't apply to me. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it does apply to you. Breakups are, listen, breakups are messy and confusing. Learn these tools now for when that day comes later. Learn something valuable for down the road, either to help someone else or to help yourself. Okay? 
So four things to take away from breakups. So listen to this one, and number one, and this is, I think, the most important one. Um, I don't know, they're all pretty important, but this one's a huge one. For those of you who are, and this is the one where like, you know, maybe it applies to you and maybe it doesn't, but I need you to hear what I'm saying. For those of you who, who are going through a breakup or have gone through a breakup, look at me, I am so sorry. I'm very sorry for what's going on in your heart. Too often, I think, when someone goes through a breakup or goes through something that's hard, we jump straight into this idea of, here's an article, here's a Bible verse, here's what my mom always says, here's what my dad always says. Read about Job, as if Job is like the guy for the break. Read about Jesus on the cross, read about this. Have you heard this song? Have you heard this? And, and that's okay, because there's a, good t- there's a good time to talk about those things. But what can happen is we're so eager to teach and to help that we've missed the person that we're trying to help. We're so eager to help them that we missed them. Does that make sense? So learn this now, because a lot of you have talked to me about how like, you're thinking about going into ministry, or, and a lot of you are going to be old enough in, in just a year or less to where you'll be able to start helping out lead small groups with Collide, and you're going to hear a lot of baggage and a lot of damage. So listen, learn this now. Sometimes we can be so eager to help somebody that we miss the person we're trying to help. I've told this story before. So I go to seminary at this place called Reform Theological Seminary in Atlanta. Um, but there's a branch of it in Orlando. And there's a guy there who teaches named Steve Brown who, who really showed me this through the story I'm about to tell. There, um, RTS Orlando is awesome because they have a psychologist on call there. Because being a pastor is really hard. Um, it's very difficult, and you've got kids and students there who just break down because of the pressure, and they can't handle it, and so they have a psychologist on call in Orlando, and his name is Dr. Copeland, and the way it works is you can just make an appointment with Dr. Copeland, and he'll go and just listen to you and try to help, so Steve Brown has this student in class who's really going through it, right, like a very rough patch in his life. And so, and everybody does exactly what we try to do. Here's a Bible verse. Here's an article. I'm praying for you. Here's an Instagram post, as if that's, that's the thing. And like they continue to try to feed all this, and it does nothing. Like it does no good. And so finally, Steve Brown is like, listen, you need to make an appointment with Doc Copeland. Go see Copeland and, and, and see if he can do something. So this guy meets with Dr. Copeland one time. One one-hour session, and immediately there's change. In the way, now he's not running down the halls like high-fiving people, but he's, his body language is different. He's much happier. He's willing to converse and talk to people again. And so Steve Brown holds him after class, and he says, what did, what did Copeland say to you? I mean, I mean, it must have been profound. And the guy says, he didn't say anything. What do you, what do you mean he didn't say anything? And the student told Steve, he said, well, I started to tell Dr. Copeland my story. And I had been through a lot. And so it was really hard. You know how like you're trying to tell somebody something important and your emotions just kind of won't let you? And he starts to get emotional. And he said, I started to cry and I was embarrassed of what was going on. And so I looked down at my shoes while I was telling my story to kind of, so we wouldn't have to see. And it was hard, but I finally got the whole thing out. 
And then when I looked back up at Dr. Copeland, I saw that he was crying too. And in his tears, I found a reason to, to keep on keeping on. Now, is, is the key that he was crying? Like before you meet with a friend, do you need to like listen to violin on the way, like in your car? To, no, no, no. But you can tell that he was really listening. Too often we forget to listen. We are so eager to help that we miss the person we're trying to help. Sometimes, and, and a lot of you guys know this from different things, not to be a breakup, but some, sometimes we're so raw that we can't get, that, that nothing is going to impact us. Even if it's good, godly advice, it's not going to sink in yet because they've just experienced it. They're so raw, it's not going to sink in. Imagine trying to water plants in the middle of a rainstorm. None of your, you see what I'm saying? None of your stuff is going to get in. There's too much else going on. That's what it's like when you try to give advice during heartbreak. There's just too much traffic. So you need to listen, but now hear me on this. Listening is not going to heal them either. Like, don't go to a friend, like you go to a friend with a problem, and you're like, all right, I'm going to listen. I'm just going to listen. And you're like listening, and they're still miserable a month later, and you're like, okay, Ryan, they're not getting better. Clearly you were wrong. Listening is not. No, no, no. You're still doing it. You see that? They don't need to get better. They need you. They don't need healing. They're not getting better, Ryan. What's the deal? Well, they don't need to get better. They need you. No agenda. Just your patience and your friendship. When they realize that they don't have to get better around you, that's when they're going to start getting better. So you're in John 11. Look at 32 through 35. John 11, 32 through 35. So Lazarus has died, right? Lazarus has died. And Jesus comes to Mary Magdalene. So listen to this. This is a great example. John eleven thirty two 32 to 35. Therefore, Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, and he fell at his feet, saying to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews came with her also weeping, Christ was deeply moved and was troubled. 34. And he said, where have you taken him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Okay, what's the cool thing, Harrison, what's the cool thing about Lazarus' story? He's dead, and then what happens? Spoiler alert. So he's dead, and then what happens to Lazarus? He comes back to life, okay? So Jesus, I, I see you, well, I'm with you. So, so Jesus brings Lazarus back to life. He's on, so follow this. Mary is heartbroken about her brother being dead. Jesus is on his way to bring him back from the dead. And he stops and weeps with Mary. Why? Why wouldn't you just go around Mary to heal Lazarus? That's why she's upset. Why does he stop and cry with her? Because he's perfect. Because that's what God does. Because that's who Jesus is. He's sitting with her. Perfect patience and care. To those of you who are going through a breakup or going through a heartbreak of some sort, you need to understand that Jesus cares for you so much more perfectly 
than any person ever could. He goes after Mary's soul before he goes to Mary's brother. And the same is true for you. Now, let's look at Martha. So John 11, 23-25. John eleven twenty three 23-25. Jesus said to Martha, your brother will rise again. Again, he's going to bring him back. I'm about to do this. Jesus said to Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Okay, so again, Jesus is on his way, right? Jesus is on his way to do what, Logan Lively? He's on his way to do what with Lazarus? To, to what? To bring him back, bring him back from the dead. He's li- like, you gotta, you're just like, oh, cool. He's going to bring him back from the dead. And yet he stops to talk to Martha to have this like theological discussion about, so why on earth? You don't want to just, like if someone's dying, like you, do, you don't want to fix this and then we can chat about what you think? Why not heal Lazarus first? Why discuss this? Her brother is dead. Because Jesus knows that in Martha's darkest hour, her deepest need won't be fixed by him solving the problem, by bringing Lazarus back. Her deepest need will be fixed when she understands who Jesus is. And you have to begin to work this into your soul. So follow me, because singleness is next week. Your problem, your problem of singleness will not be fixed when you start dating. And your biggest problem of heartbreak, now follow me here, high school, your biggest problem of heartbreak that you feel will not go away when you start dating someone else. Using someone else to cover the pain from a breakup is like dripping morphine. It will take the pain away, but morphine is not medicine. And you bounce from person to person, filling up on morphine, trying to take this pain away, but just like a morphine addict, it leaves you strung out and numb instead of healed and whole. And getting married, well, someday I'll get married. Getting married is not going to take this away. Believe me, I'm getting married in less than 40 days, and there are still these things that are circulating, this baggage, this shrapnel, these scars from past things that, that Kristen doesn't have hands to fix. You will begin to heal. You will begin to heal. Not when you find a new person, but when you figure out who the person is. When you realize who Jesus is, when you see Him, when you touch His face in your quiet time, that's when you will begin to heal. That's when this pain will heal. And you won't have to drip morphine anymore. You don't have to turn there, but listen to this too. Those of you who are going through breakups or have gone through one or will someday go through one, 
Mark 14.50, Jesus gets arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane before he's taken to the cross, right? Jesus and his boys, his squad or whatever, all his people, right? I'm trying to be cool. Give me a break. All his people are with the disciples, right? They're there. Listen to what it says in Mark 14.50 when Jesus gets arrested. And all his disciples left him and fled. Abandoned by the disciples. These men that Jesus had shared his heart with. Imagine if you got to see your friends literally every day and just do life with them every day for three years. These people that he had done life with in highs and lows, joys and pains for three years, every day, and they abandoned him. Is this not what it feels like in a breakup? You do life with someone All the good things and the bad in your lives, you share, and then they're they're gone. And they all left Jesus. Hear me, and maybe this will sink in today. I pray that uh, hear me. Listen, single, dating, he knows what it's like to be abandoned. He knows what it's like. To be abandoned. That feeling of abandonment when you're in the pain of a breakup. Understand, there is a Savior in heaven who knows exactly how you feel. He knows exactly how you feel. Listen to me. Unplug. Begin to, and again, this takes time. Unplug from this fantasy part of your life. You know the scene from like the movie where you bust through the door of your class and you tell that ex of yours really how it is? And you tell him or her like how abandoned you feel and how hurt you are. Stop trying to go back to the person you used to date and tell them how hurt you are. And go to Jesus and tell him how hurt you are. Tell him how abandoned you feel. He knows. He understands. All right. Let's take the foot off the gas for a minute. Everybody go like this. And everybody go, okay? So the first one is this. I'm so sorry. And remember to listen, all right? Number two, follow this because we're in a Christian little circle and this has probably been done to you or you have probably done this to someone else. So follow me here, all right? In light of, and this is so crucial, in light of the fact that Jesus died for us, right? In light of the fact that Jesus died for us, in light of the fact that Jesus was abandoned for us and knows what it's like when we are abandoned, heaven forbid we use him as a card to play during a breakup. Heaven forbid we use him as a card to play during a breakup. Babe, God told me to end this relationship. Did he though? Did he? You know he never tells anyone in this whole book to do that, but you're the first one. What's it like being a prophet? That's, that must be hard. I actually like you even more now, so it's had like the reverse effect. Heaven, yeah, heaven for, listen to me. Heaven forbid that we make our bleeding, perfect Savior an excuse for ending a relationship. God, follow this, 
God will not lead you out of a relationship just because it's more convenient for you to be single again or date another person. It's fine to break up with somebody, but don't use God as your excuse to feel better about it. He's God. Now, His Word, here we go, His Word can guide you out of a sinful relationship so that your soul and body can heal. His Spirit might lead you to a new place, which will then cause you to end a local relationship. College, missions, your family moves, etc. Those things are fine. His, here we go. His presence in your life. This will probably be the one where it happens the most. I, I hope. His presence in your life might prevent you from dating somebody that is spiritually damaging to you. Either you have very different beliefs than they do, or they have a certain sin that is dragging you down, or you have a sin that is dragging them down, he very well may put up a wall around that. But he does not lead you out of a relationship just because it's more convenient for you to be out of it. God is not the doorway to your convenience. It's fine to break up with somebody because you'd rather be single, but don't pull God into that. Ladies, if a boy comes to you, listen to me, if a boy comes to you and says, God is leading me to break up with you, Ooh, right? And this is like the wind and he's whatever. God is leading me to break up with you. Not because of sin, not because of some big life change, which would be okay. If he says that to you, you need to hit the eject button and get out of it first. Because you are dating a church boy, not a man of God. Men of God don't talk like that. Fellas, I'm not going to leave you all out. If she, here we go, because, man, if she thinks, if she thinks that God is leading her into a season, whatever, the, is it autumn? It's a season. If God is leading her into a season away from you, right? If she comes to you and says, God is leading you into a season away from you, you need to let her follow that season, Way over there. Far away. Don't downgrade Jesus like that. Okay? Think about it like this. Now, this is for everybody. Think about it like this. Yeah. If they think, here we go. If they think God is leading them to dump you, for no good reason, right? There are good reasons. But if they think that God is leading them to dump you for no good reason, that may be God's way of telling you it's time to get out. If they come to you and tell you that it's time to end for no good reason, that is God saying, I'm showing you it's time for you to hit the eject button on this. Number three, and this one is so important, because breakups hurt. Breakups are a serious thing. Breakups do damage. Understand this. God will use your pain for His glory. He will use your pain for His glory. I didn't say He'll take it away. Breakups hurt. And there will be times where you ask Him, why won't you take this away? 
Why won't you fix this? Maybe there's something besides a breakup in your life where you say, why won't you fix this? And he'll say, because it's bringing me glory. And that sounds cruel, but it's not. It's, it's glorious. I've told this story before too, but it's so important. Um, thousands of years ago in ancient China, there was a woman who would go down to the river to get water in two buckets for what she needed as water for the rest of the day. And she would take two buckets and she'd take a stick over her shoulders like this and hang the two buckets on the side like this. She'd go down, she'd dip in the river, she'd turn around and come back, right? But one of the buckets was filled with holes. And so every day she would come down and dip this buckets in the water and this bucket coming down this path full of holes would drip water all over the sidewalk, or excuse me, all over the dirt every day. And this went on for years, and so there's barely any water left in this bucket. And it went on and on and on for years. Until finally, one day, the bucket said to the woman, I'm so sorry. I don't, I can't fix this. But you can. Why don't you fix this? Why don't you fix me? And the woman said to the bucket, she picked up the bucket, she said, come, come and see this. And she took the bucket outside and she showed the pathway. Remember, she comes down like this. The pathway where the bucket was full of water was just full of dirt. But the pathway where the bucket had leaked water for years was lined with beautiful flowers. And she said, look at the beauty that has come from your pain. Look at the beauty that has come from your pain. The good that he is doing in your pain, the good that is being done when God won't fix it, He is getting glory too great to measure. And even in pain, His children can bring light into the world. He's that awesome. And one day, maybe, He'll show you some of the good that has come, the flowers that have grown from your pain. Last one. Number four, lean in during your breakup. Lean in two ways. Go to 1 Kings. I know you're in 1 Kings all the time. 1 Kings chapter 19. Lean in during your breakup. There are two ways to lean in, spiritually and physically. Number one, lean in spiritually. Listen, talk to Jesus and listen to Jesus during your breakup. Use this pain. Use this as a time to lean into the source. And you don't listen to God through some magical meditation where oceans and reckless love are like playing this beautiful combination behind you. You listen to God the same way you listen to each other. Through their words. You listen to God through His Word. Dig into his word. Use these afternoons that you have and hit up podcasts and articles and these books and find a small group. And some of you, I'm so glad you're here, but I know you're not plugging into to a local church. Do that. Meet with God's people. In, use this season. Lean in spiritually. And the last thing, lean in physically. It's in 1 Kings. So Elijah is at the end of his rope. 1 Kings 19, 4 through 8. Elijah's at the end of his rope, on the run from the queen who wants to kill him. Verse 4. 
But he himself, Elijah, went, in, went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a tree, and he requested that he might die. He said, it is enough, Lord. Take my life, for I'm not better than my father. So Elijah is at the bottom, right? Think about being in a breakup and you hit that horrible storm. He is at the bottom. Verse 5, he lay down and slept under a tree, and behold, an angel was touching him and said to him, get up and eat. Then he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake of bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came to him a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat. The journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank again and went in strength to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. So look, the angel of the Lord... Like this guy that like shakes the ground when he walks. He comes to Elijah and he gives him food. Shouldn't he like break open the sun or like bring a beautiful rainbow or like all these amazing things? He brings him food. Shouldn't he bring Elijah some brilliant spiritual insight? He is. He is because he's meeting Elijah's physical needs first. Because spiritual and physical are connected. To help one is to help the other. Physical, follow this, physical stability will fan the spiritual flame. Physical stability will fan the spiritual flame. If the fireplace is kept well, the fire will burn brighter. You need to pray. You need to take time to draw close to God spiritually. But listen to me. You need to catch a Falcons game too. You need a blizzard, amen, right, from DQ. Not like the, the horrible weather. You need, like from DQ, you need to go to a concert. You need to walk around the outlets in Calhoun. You need to go to Atlanta and spend all your mom's money at Cheesecake Factory. You need to do all these important things. Yeah, that one really struck the chord. You need to do all the, And listen, I'm not telling you, listen, I'm not telling you to go crazy, but I am telling you that your soul will starve during times of grief if you stay by yourself. You need to have quiet time and, and, and solitude and relax and watch TV, but you need to feed your soul with your friends. Elizabeth Elliot is a famous missionary who became a widow twice, and she said, I can honestly say that out of the deepest pain, has come the strongest belief in the presence of God and the strongest feeling in the love of God. Listen to what she just said. And think about how painful breakups can be. I can honestly say that out of the deepest pain has come my strongest belief in God and my strongest feeling of his love. That statement came out of her pain when she was a widow twice. Christ is the solution to these things. And we'll help you together. That's what we do. Let's pray, and then we'll pray.